Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football is back, baby, and let's welcome you in here to our two nights, one podcast, inaugural edition right here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's what's good, Night Nation. Scott Adams here along with the dudes, the man on the sidelines, along with me, former UCF night player, all-conference, and then 10 years in the league. Dudes. 2020, obviously, it's going to be very different than any other football season. But how about it? 2020 football season about to get underway. Oh, Scott, it is amazing. We were just talking about this. We thought this day would never come. Literally, I knew the NFL would have a season. But college football was so nervous. You saw what, you know, the Pac-12 and also the Big Ten decided not to do football this year. I thought it was going to, you know be uh, uh, an effect where every college um, conference was going to be like, no, we're not doing football this year. But it seems like all the teams in the South, the ACC, the SEC, the American, the Big 12, will go on with college football. And I couldn't be more excited and more excited to be on the sidelines with you this year and hopefully win another conference championship. Well, speaking of another conference championship, UCF here coming into 2020 is predicted, dudes, once again to win the conference as just nine games for UCF this season. Starts off with Georgia Tech coming up next Saturday, the 12th of September. I mentioned nine games. It's going to be different this year. It'll be different on the sidelines for for you and I, but it's going to be different, obviously, for fans as you're not going to be able to have those crazy amounts of of black and gold nation in the stands just 20 percent will be allowed to come into the bounce house that's okay because football is going to be played and i think that is that is the most uh, most important aspect uh of of all of this as i know and as a former player dues getting ready for a a season to to strap it up and hit somebody else is always a, a another level of excitement here uh, leading into a season yeah most definitely Scott yes the bounce house won't be rocking as much as it usually has been in the past we're going to have 20 percent allotment in stadiums and, and even when the night's go on the road you'll see stadiums that will have barely any fans in it but the thing is as you stated we didn't think we'd ever get here so I know the players are juiced up and ready they missed all the spring ball so a lot of these players haven't really had full out tackling and, and seen another jersey and uh, been able to tackle somebody for almost close to a year. So, I mean, the juices have to be be high. Guys have to be salivating at the mouth to get ready to play this season. I know they'll be ready when they get ready to kick off versus Georgia Tech about a week from today. 
Well, like I mentioned, two nights, one podcast. Okay, so so what is this exactly, you, you ask yourself? So each and every week, Dues and I are going to preview what's to come here for UCF for the upcoming uh, game, as well as taking a look back from the week that was. We'll have some special guests that will come on from a week-to-week basis. We'll have a little fun, right? I, I think that's obviously most important. We're going to hear from, a lot of from, fun. from Coach uh, Heupel, who, who's also talked about going out there and his kids having fun this year. That's going to be a priority. So that's a little bit about what this two nights, one podcast is going to be like here from a, a week-to-week basis. So dudes, that being said, let's get to it here. Let's talk a little bit about expectations here. For 2020, a season ago, another 10-plus win season, UCF goes to another bowl game. They go to the Gasparilla Bowl. They beat up on the Marshall Thundering Herd. And now here in 2020, I mean, the expectations. It is now year in, year out. Win your conference. Go grab a conference championship. And then the hope is to get to a New Year's Six game. Yeah, 100%. The mantra is go 1-0 and instilled by Coach Heupel. And we're trying to do that nine times. And if we do that, we'll get into the conference championship for game number 10. We're one of few teams that have had double-digit wins three years in a row. I think maybe only four to five teams in the nation have done that. So we are in the upper echelon when it comes to that group of winning double-digit games. And again, the standard is high for UCF. We got our freshman quarterback coming back, a lot of a lot of uh, possess- weapons at the skill position, a defense that mainly almost everybody comes back. Yes, we lost Nate Evans and, and Brandon Hayes, but the defense together is almost all the way back from last year. Defense that really like led, I want to say not led the nation, but was up there and tackled for losses and also rush yards allowed per game. So this is a team that has really high expectations going into this year as they do, as they do every year. As you stated already, Scott, pick the win, the conference again. It seems like it's something that happens every year that UCF is picked to win this conference and expectations are as high as they've ever been, even though there's only nine games on the schedule this year. Dudes, you're going to have turnover each and every year. It's about a 20 per 20% uh, there for, for every school in the nation. You talked about some of the guys at least losing to graduation. Gabe Davis off to the NFL. Nate Evans off to the NFL. Brendan Hayes, who was one of the best defensive linemen the Knights had, the, the big sack specialist. Jordan Johnson at the center position started over 40-plus games uh, in his UCF career. Navelle Clark, he goes uh, off to the NFL, but also... Um, some defections here as a result of COVID, players opting out, and one of which, Tay Gowan, Kalia Davis, and, and Daryl Mack. How does that necessarily now affect UCF as they go into this, this 2020 season? Well, obviously, Scott, from a depth you know, point of view, it, it really hurts UCF. Daryl Mack was stated, started, or slated to be the starting quarterback last year going into the 2019 season. Ends up getting hurt. Dylan Gabriel comes in and the rest is history. So him opting out really hurts our depth because I know he was going into camp this year looking to compete to maybe start this year. And if not, to have a, a backup quarterback on hand with his skill set, a guy that has had played a lot of football, is something great to have as a, as, a, as a coach and as a team, knowing that your number two has played a lot of games. I mean, Daryl Mack was the MVP of the conference championship game in 2018. So not many quarterbacks around the nation are the backup quarterback where your quarterback has won, you know, the MVP of a conference championship game, played in a major BCS bowl game. So it's great to have that 
as a backup quarterback, but he won't be there this year. Quadri Jones is a guy that's played a little football for us and has been around the program for a long time, and he'll be ready if called upon. Also, you mentioned Tay Gowan, a guy that is practically suited to go to the Senior Bowl in Mobile this year. It re- that, that really hurts us because UCF was slated to probably have the best secondary in the nation. I'm not just saying that as a you know a former player from UCF. If you look at the Senior Bowl invites, I think every senior DB we had was on the list to go to the Senior Bowl, and not many teams in the nation can say that. So, yes, losing Tate Gowan hurt, will hurt. Losing Kalia Davis will hurt. But me and you talked about this all the time last year, Scott. Our defensive line was like 11-man rotation. And we technically only lost one player off that defensive line last year in Brandon Hayes. So we had so much youth coming back this year. Yes, Kalia Davis made big strides, started a lot of games for us this year. But I look for that depth in the defensive line. We got a lot of guys that played last year. Noah Hancock, Cam Good, Kenny Tunye, Anthony Maltavo. We'll be all right in the interior of our defensive line. Yes, Kalia Davis is a great player. Losing him is going to hurt, but we have so much depth on defensive line, I think UCF will be fine. And, dudes, I think that's really what is what has separated UCF over the past four or five years comparatively to other teams in the league is being able to go out and, and find guys for the system and, and then developing depth because they're getting reps early on in their career, which then it, it seems like, because we talked about uh, obviously Dylan Gabriel, but you got you got guys that have played uh, as freshmen, as sophomores, and then the game will slow down for them and, and they're on the field for lengthy periods of time. And being able to shuffle guys in and out, getting more and more reps. I think that's the, the standard now here for UCF within this conference, which has really been able to, to separate them from, from maybe the rest of the league. Yeah, 100%, Scott. I agree with that. I think our depth really scares people on paper. And me and you talked about this last year. I remember when I was like a, a sophomore, junior, senior at UCF, I felt like if one of our top six D linemen went down, we were in trouble because we didn't have the depth like that. Now, my senior year, we started getting more depth, but that's when UCF really started to turn the corner as far as getting recruits and, and young players that could be able to play freshman and sophomore year and develop. That way, junior and senior year, they're ready to go, and then there's another wave behind them. So I think that's the one thing that separates UCF and in, uh, in this conference when it comes to, to other teams is our depth really scares people. And and if you look at Dylan Gabriel, you kind of attribute it to when McKenzie Melton went in at quarterback. A lot of people thought he should have red-shirted and, and not played his freshman year. But then that ultimately helped because the next two years after that, he was one of the top players in the nation and then the Heisman race. So I look for Dylan Gabriel also. You know, he had some, some rough outings on the road last year as a freshman. And that's going to tend to happen when you're a true freshman, especially coming all the way from Hawaii. He probably had wasn't used to playing in hostile, hostile crowds like that. You know, the Cincinnati game was a primetime game. The Pittsburgh game was a primetime game. So he's got that already out. He played the, He played in his freshman year. He played under those those big bright lights in front of those big crowds. I think that's going to only help him going forward when he does travel on the road this year. Well, and I think you, you can attest to this being at the collegiate level, being at the NFL level, year one to year two is such a a dramatic slowing down of the game and, and what you've taken in for that first year things are coming at you from every every which way and you're you're asked take on all these responsibilities but but at the same time you you're sometimes trying to swim out there so mm-hmm. so you you don't want to have to to think as much i think that's what occurs there from years 1 to 2 yes yeah, scott there's a saying that says players progress the most from year 1 to 2 
And it's like you said, the game slows down for you. You've been there before. So you're not as antsy. You're not as hyped up when you go out there. You know what to do. You start looking at your reads. You start looking at little keys that can help you in each play. And I think that's going to help a lot of our young players that actually play this true freshman going into their sophomore, mainly our quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. Well, as Coach Hypo here enters year number three, his nights with great expectations, we've heard that let's go 1-0 and from one game to the next, as cliche as it sounds. If you've played the game and if you've played it at a high level, you know exactly what that means. And going into this year here, Coach Hypo wants to make sure that his guys are having fun. The word of the year is is fun. Uh, have fun. Enjoy being around each other. You know, there's four months where we're separated from each other, and don't get to do some of the things that you, that you love to do. When you walk outside of the practice field, there's a new normal, but it's not normal. And there's concerns uh, with COVID. Uh, there's concerns with uh, the dialogue and the uh, social injustice uh, that's going on here in America or is going on. And uh, for everybody here, it's it's Enjoying being a part of that brotherhood. Guys have, have found that again and just enjoy doing things that they love to do with the people that they love to be around. I mean, dudes, you, you hear it right there. Coach Hypo, I think what he does a great job of doing is putting things into perspective for his guys so they're, they're able to, to visualize just how important not just individual plays are, but then uh, how individual quarters become, how, how those quarters become halves, and then you know a, a complete game without looking too far in the future. But in a season like this with so many unknowns, you got to be able to roll with the punches, right? Exactly. And you heard Coach Hypo talked about it, Scott, having fun. And it's more important now than ever dealing with the COVID-19 and also the social injustices that have been happening across our nation. You know, he talked about it, that the team hadn't been around each other for a good portion. That's unheard of in college football. Usually you're around your teammates year-round, even in the summer. And this year, that wasn't possible. In the springtime, a lot of these players weren't even around their teammates. They didn't get to get with their teammates until late June, early July. And that's unheard of for college football. So we're in in an in a unknown area when it comes to college football this year. And I think you do have to put everything into perspective. At the end of the day, you're supposed to go out there and have fun. And I'm glad Coach Hyper really sat down and talk, told his players that, you know, life is short. We've, we've been dealing with all these things, the social injustices and also the COVID-19 where people have literally died from this disease. You have to enjoy the little things and you have to take take it one one play at a time, one series at a time, one game at a time. Put everything into perspective. And at the end of the day, just go out there and have fun. Dudes, we talk about the depth of this this football team. So much veteran leadership is coming back out onto the football field. But how about this also? How important from a year-to-year basis having the core of a coaching staff that's able to, to return not just one season but one recruiting cycle. But this coaching staff now, dudes, for the most part, outside of Jeff Levy, who's gone on to, to Ole Miss to become their offensive coordinator, this coaching staff has been intact for three years. That I mean, that's, that's crazy to, to think about that as a player. Well, Scott, it's unheard of, especially when you see the success that UCF has gotten. You'll see coaches get plucked, as like Jeff Levy did, got plucked by Ole Miss because he saw how explosive our offense was. Uh, uh, Lane Kiffin down there, um, uh, Kiffin down there in, in Ole Miss and Oxford was like, hey, we got to get this guy up here. 
to, to help us out in, in Mississippi in the SEC. We want to have an explosive offense. And usually when you have good quality coaches, it's hard to keep them off because everybody usually wants to get elevated. Nobody wants to stay pat. Usually a defensive line or DB coach goes to defensive coordinator. A defensive coordinator may get a chance of being a head coach somewhere. An offensive coordinator might get a chance of being a head coach somewhere or they're offered more money to go to maybe a bigger program. So it's unheard of when you're looking at a, uh, a coaching staff that mainly has stayed together for three years, especially when you look at the UCF Knights have, have gone and gone 10 wins three consecutive years in a row. Usually coaching staffs get split up when that happens because other coaches come and pluck the coaches off your staff. Well, one guy that has been here since the get-go, at least with with uh, uh, Josh Heupel, has been defensive coordinator Randy Shannon. You know, and, and rightfully so. Offense sells tickets. People enjoy watching the offense. This night defense has been stellar. They were top 10 in several statistical categories from a season ago. And, and Randy Shannon has had defense running through him since his days um, at Miami. And, you know, the depth depth that we spoke of to to begin the show that's going to be at a premium here in 2020 and roster management is going to really come to the forefront where guys are playing different positions than maybe they were accustomed to it's almost like when i was in the nfl kind of unique that you know you're traveling with five linebackers one of them is a special teams guy another one have to play all three and you got to pick one of the other guys to play the other two every team that uh, i've been in been with. I mean, it's been that type of situation. I think for us right now, doing those things on both sides of the football, you build a lot of depth and, and then you get into the point of paying, playing the best guys instead of I play defensive tackle or I play defensive end or I play linebacker. You start developing guys to play the next best guy and it brings a lot of continuity to the team, but also it challenges people to keep playing at a high level and not just sit back and say, well, I'm the backup to this position. Because you can move guys around and the more depth that you build, uh, it gives you more uh, leeway to move people around and have a much better football team. I mean, he's right, dudes, and you can attest to this at, at the NFL level. I mean, you were in the league for, for nine years. Yes, you were a defensive lineman, but you were a heck of a lot more than just that. Oh, 100%, Scott, and not just in the NFL. In college, at UCF, I played multiple positions. I played all up and down the defensive line, and it's important, like Randy Shannon has said, you got to have some versatility of your guys, like some of your, your safeties and, your, and even your, your nickel slot corners got to be able to drop into the box and play some linebacker. Your defensive line, they have to be multiple where they can play guys inside can play outside, guys outside can play inside. Also, some of your safeties may have to move the corner. Just because of we don't know what's going on with the COVID-19, say you come back on game day and there's a couple guys that got positive tests, and then you have to move some of your best players at safety to corner for the game. So you have to be multiple in what you can do. And also, it just helps you, especially on the defensive side of the ball. When you got guys moving all over the field, offensive coordinators can't pin down what position they're actually playing. And if you're multiple and your blitzes and your packages – then that's a nightmare for offensive coordinators. So I agree with Randy Shannon. You have to be multiple. I myself, when I was in the NFL, I played 10 years in the NFL, and mainly because I was so versatile and could play multiple positions, and I was smart enough to remember the playbook and remember those multiple positions. That way, especially when I was with Rex in the New York Jets, he had me line up all over the field. Players didn't know what position I was playing. I played outside linebacker. I played nose tackle. I played three technique. I played defensive end. I even dropped the middle linebacker one time <laughs> in this game. So, like, you have to be multiple with your personnel and versatile 
That way you can keep the offense off balance. Yeah, in training camp and listening to to Coach Shannon talk about Richie Grant, who is one of those veterans, who's one of those leaders there at the safety spot. He's been all-conference you know, a, a couple times over again. He's played some corner here dur- during training camp, but you can, you can do that when you got guys that have played a lot of football. Uh, yes, they're at the, the safety spot, but able to, to be able to, uh, to move them around. All right, dudes, let's take a look now at maybe some players to watch here in 2020. Yes, we know about the Dylan Gabriels of the world. We know about the Otis Andersons of the world. And then they're on the defensive side of the ball. Richie Grant, somebody I just mentioned. But let's maybe talk about some guys that maybe from a year ago are going to look to step up their game in 2020 or maybe some new faces that are going to look to make an imprint here on this night roster. So offensively, dudes, give me three guys here as we enter 2020 that that you're really going to keep an eye out, that that you're expecting some big things from. Well, my, my first guy is a new guy, Johnny Richardson, a freshman running back. He has Adrian Killens-like skill set. And when I say Adrian Killens-like skill set, that means he's a home run threat. If you get this kid the ball on the edge, it's going to the house. Also, he's a a mismatch nightmare because you can line him up in the slot, not just in the backfield. And also, it's a mismatch when a a linebacker or a safety's line up against them. They're not going to be able to cover him one-on-one. This kid has breakaway speed. I'm going to be real interesting to see how Coach Heupel really uses him to go with Otis Anderson and Greg McCray. The next guy I'm going to talk about is also a newcomer, but he was actually on the team last year. Jalon Robinson, a.k.a. The Flash. And Scott, they call this kid The Flash because he gets in and out of breaks as fast as possible. He's going to be a quarterback's best friend. Before he comes out of the break, Dylan Gabriel should know that he can let the ball go because this guy has the speed to catch all the passes. And not only intermediate routes, he can go up top on you. Post routes, fade routes. He can take it to the house. This guy's an OU transfer that has crazy speed. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does for the Knights this year. I've heard great things during training camp. And my last guy, a lot of people might be surprised. I went to the offensive line. Big Ed Collins, the starting left tackle. He started some games last year, and usually the left tackle would be the blind side of the quarterback, but Dylan Gabriel's a left-hand quarterback. So still, even on the front side, you need to have that great protection. Ed Collins showed that he had really good feet last year. I'm real interested to see how he can take his game from starting a little bit last year to being a full-time starter this year at left tackle to protect Dylan Gabriel and really solidify that offensive line. Yeah, nothing wrong with giving the, those offensive linemen a little bit of love because I, I think one of the guys that I had I had looked at or highlighted at least was Matt Lee, who's going to be the new center here for the Knights. He played a couple different spots a, a season ago. He was able to get into that rotation. We talk about some of the depth, but Matt Lee has been getting a lot of rave reviews here in training uh, training camp. A very cerebral player, but also extremely strong. Matt Lee here, the new center, will take over full time for Jordan Johnson and. And then the other guy, I thought that that May last year we were going to maybe catch a lot more passes than he did and maybe be a red zone target more so than uh, what he eventually ended up being was Jake Hescott. He did have some nicks and bruises during the course of the year. He's a senior tight end. He's put on some weight. And I think, Deuce, and, and, and I'm sure your senior season, there is that level of 
Well, my time here is is beginning to close, seizing the opportunity. The coaching staff has been extremely high on on Jake Hescott, not just as a potential pass catcher, which will open up the offense even more, make it more explosive than it already is, but simultaneous of that, you know how important that run game is here for UCF uh, in being able to to be able to throw those blocks and get guys and spring spring guys uh, open. So Jake Hescott is one of those guys. As for the defensive side of the ball, three guys dues who you want to keep an eye out for in 2020. Well, Scott, I'm gonna go with another newcomer first, and that's uh, Corey Thornton, the freshman DB. He's a big uh, big corner at six one. A guy that can run really well, has long arms. I've heard rave reviews about him during training camp. Yes, we lost Tay Gowan. I'm looking for Corey Thornton to step right into that position. And hopefully there won't be much, you know, layoff. You know, Gowan was a great player, all-conference type player, a player that could play in the NFL. But I've heard that this Thornton kid may be even better than him. Next, we're going to go to the defensive line, Kenny Tungye. And a lot of people might be surprised that I say Kenny Tungye because this guy led the Knights in tackle for losses with 13 and a half tackles for losses, which is highly productive. But I want to see his game go up in the sacks total. He only had three and a half sacks last year. I'm looking for this guy as a senior leader of this defensive front to create havoc not only in the run game, but in the pass game. Let's see if he can get six to eight sacks this year and really become the dominant three technique that the Knights need. And last... Stefan Zayas, a guy, another guy that people might be surprised I put on this list because he started, I, I believe, nine games last year for the Knights. But this guy is 6'6", very long. And I've heard he's gained some weight and really filled up that body. So he's going to be more stout in the run game this year. And I'm looking for him to get after the quarterback more, too. I think he only had one sack last year. And with the loss of Brandon Hayes, there's a lot of reps out there and uh, opportunities for him to go get after the quarterback. We stated this before, our defensive line is deep, and we're going to need a lot of guys to get after that quarterback this year. I think Stephon Zayas will take a leap this year and really help that nice defensive front. TFLs and sacks, UCF very good a season ago. By the way, dudes, when's the last time you saw a defensive lineman wearing the number zero as, zero. as Kenny is going to be wearing this year, switching his number now to the big it, donut? Man. Yeah, the donut. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that in college football, man. You know, in basketball, I used to see the lot. A lot of guys always wanted the zero, but I've never really seen it in, in football at all. So I think if you're going to give yourself number zero, you got to go out there and be a dog this year. <laughs> well, just to, just to piggyback off, off what dudes was saying as we take a look there at a couple guys on the defensive side, Corey Thornton. Now think about this. A year ago, game number one, uh, who goes down at that cornerback spot, and then somebody steps in, which ended up being Tay Gowan, but Bam Moore, who's you know going to be one of the top cornerbacks in, in the entire conference, goes down next man up. And so Corey Thornton now will, will be able to be one of those guys at the cornerback position that has got a lot of expectations for him, the, the, the guy from, from Miami, uh, Booker T. Washington, Corey Thornton. So as Tay Gowan elects to opt out, here comes Corey Thornton, uh, Corey Thornton, and then my uh, other name that I had, I'd wrote down was Traymond Morris Brash. Drop as we saw him as a true freshman a year ago. Nine tackles for a loss, three sacks. You, you can line him up there on the defensive line, but also maybe he played a little bit of linebacker here in training camp. So Morris Brash is going to be potentially one of those guys to look out for in 2020. All right, so our first edition here of two nights, one podcast. 
Not too shabby, dudes. Nah, not too shabby at all, Scott. Just to piggyback off what you said about Morris Brash, a.k.a. Drop, this kid definitely has the ability to play on Sundays. As a true freshman last year, created a lot of having nine tackle for losses. I felt like he should have been uh, All-American, a freshman All-American. I know he was honorable mention, but I felt like he should have made the All-American team. I'm really interested to see how he can elevate his game going into year two. Well, we're going to close the show, and we're going to do this every single show, is something we like to call football speak with dues, where every week we're going to close the show with Leger mentioning or remembering a coach that said something. Now, dudes has played a lot of football in his career, <laughs> high level, four years at UCF, and then another nine and a half years in the NFL. You've had a lot of coaches, and I'm sure you've heard just about everything. So that's the way we're going to close these shows. So dudes, in this inaugural edition of our Two Nights, One podcast, give me give me something a coach has said to you that has has resonated here as we approach this 2020 season? Well, Scott, I'm going to go with a cliche here, and I think it really rains more than ever this year just because of dealing with COVID-19. And it's one play at a time, one series at a time, one game at a time. And that's how the Knights really have to look at this season because a lot of people didn't think we'd even have a season this year. So they have to enjoy this moment and know that they can't win the conference in week one versus Georgia Tech. They can't get to the college football playoff in week one versus Georgia Tech. They have to take it one play at a time, one series at a time, one game at a time. And also, Scott, to piggyback off of something that I saw earlier this week, I saw that Desmond Howard, when they were picking the top four college teams to make it to the college football playoff, had Cincinnati in there making the college football playoff, which is to say that they believe that a power five uh, a non-Power 5 team has an opportunity to get into the college football playoff this year just because a lot of games have been cut off the schedule. So I believe, yes, it's one game. I just said it, one play, one series, one game at a time. But if UCF take, takes care of business, I think we finally have an opportunity, a realistic opportunity to get into the college football playoff this year. Remember, Cincinnati will have to travel to the bounce house this year as UCF will look to exact some revenge from a season ago. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode. Up next, it'll be preview time of the Georgia Tech football game. That'll come your way on our next episode here of our Two Nights, One Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Dudes, we will see you here on this next one. We get ready for Georgia Tech. Yeah, definitely can't wait, Scott, and I can't wait to get out there to Atlanta with you to call this game. Also, we will have a special guest next week, so make sure everybody tunes in. He's Leger Doosable. I'm Scott Adams. Thanks so much for listening to the Two Nights, One Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe. We'll see you next time. And go Knights, charge on. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.